0: <laughs> Th- this is october the
1: fifth, fifth.
0: uh we are now uh, this is like our fourth or fifth class and we're now in first nephi four
1: <laughs>
0: yeah okay so this is uh, so let's, let's begin with with this one uh, now elder holland when we start talking about the need to go back and get the brass plates, Elder Holland says, one who does not understand Nephi's relentless determination to enter that city of Jerusalem and obtain those records no matter what the cost of his own life or others will never understand why it was so fundamentally necessary to bring forth the Book of Mormon in this dispensation. I guess that's pretty important. <clears throat> or why the forces of hell tried to wrench those plates from the boy prophet, or why every one of us must, must search the scriptures and live by every word of God. Look at the parallels that he put on that. There, Nephi getting the brass plates, Joseph getting the gold plates, and by the way, you getting the information out of the plates that you have, is what he's saying. Uh, and he's equating them to put them on the same level. And I've added, or why Satan worked so hard to discredit the Book of Mormon now and demean the character of its translator. Because we're just a relentless battle on this. As with Nephi's traveling through the wilderness, uh, Elder Holland says, it's wisdom in the Lord that we too must carry those sacred records with us on our own journey toward the promised land. <laughs> love that you just kind of get this sense of how critical the records were so uh, we're talking a second about what was actually the brass plates are far more important to us than we have any idea Uh, and the book of Mormon from time to time is going to continue uh, to throw through because our only uh, alternative is to dwindle and perish in unbelief if we do not have the plates now so let's let's start. We'll go back to kind of where we ended off last time. We were talking about how uh, as Nephi is creeping uh, towards uh, through the darkened streets of Jerusalem. What is it again that he expects to happen here? What is ne- what's been Nephi been telling his brother? What does he expect's going happen? to
1: happen? Yes. delivered by
0: Sure. That, in other words, if if this was simply a matter of uh, Nephi uh, doing what he's done, if he went through, got us back to Jerusalem, we ran from Laban, uh, he stole our stuff, there was, the angel came, the brothers beat us with a rod, and if then he then said, you guys wait here, I'll go get the plates. If he then crept through the streets of Jerusalem and he found Laban and he was hauling the plates of brass with him because the Lord had struck him dead and Nephi just had to simply pick up the brass plates and head back and leave, this would be a miraculous story. It would have been a great story of Trusting the Lord, pushing yourself to the end, trusting that God was going to rescue, God would, they would be delivered, I got the brass plates, it's amazing of all the things, why he was carrying the brass plates around in this city of Jerusalem, I don't know, but there it was, all I had to do was pick it up and haul it back out. This would be an incredible story. But that's not what the Lord chooses to do here. And we're about to figure out why. Because, because not only that, here's the other piece to this. When is Nephi writing this? Long after. He's in the promised land. He's writing backwards. Okay? So he's about to explain maybe one of the most painful instances in his life. But who's he writing to? Us. 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 And what's he having to justify? Murder. 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 Let me explain, because he very easily could have said, I got the plates, it was hard. I crept in, I was able to get it. By the way, Zoram came with me and we were done. He could have edited that part out. But I put this kind of on par. We have another instance, and I, was, and I won't take the time to do it, but we have another, the very first revelation we have from Joseph Smith in the Book of Mormon comes right at the time that the 116 pages have been lost. And here is this prophet of God who, you know, others are looking at him going, well, the guy's a charlatan, and he's just making this stuff up. His very first revelation from the Lord in D&C 3 says what? Chewed him out. out. You were going more on on worrying about men rather than me. It's a very embarrassing kind of moment. And it's the first revelation that Joseph is publishing. Well, in a sense, we're getting this with Nephi. Nephi is about to go through a very painful experience and explain why it is that he did what he had to do. He says, It came to pass that I was constrained by the Spirit that I should kill Laban, but I said in my heart, Never at any time have I shed the blood of man. Now, let's go to 1 Nephi 4. Because there's an incredible pattern here that I want us to be able to see. And, of course, uh, I, I've mentioned before uh, to, to this class that I'm fascinated by this verse. Uh, that here's Nephi creeping through the streets, and he's coming on, and here's Laban, and he's drunk, and it's Laban, and and now what, and what am I going to have to do? What's the first thing he's transfixed by?
1: The sword. The sword. Oh, that's
0: right. He's a guy. <laughs> Come on. He's going to go, oh, here's Laban, and. Sword. Wow, pure gold.
1: While on my mission. Every time I read that verse, I thought of the <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. With the, with the kid, I've I just always had fun with this image of him looking at the sword, you know, and it just, you could see him in the, in the shadows playing with the sword, and, you know. I
1: wonder if he was from a wealthier family. Sure.
0: We're going to talk about uh, when we talk about the Leahona, that I believe that Nephi's trade was was uh, metalworking. Uh, so, so he, he actually would have understand understood something about this. That
1: was my point too. He made the plates. Yeah. He had to have a knowledge of metal, so he was probably
0: so he was transfixed by Wow! Look at this sword! Look at this thing! Okay, and he and he would recognize uh, how. How incredible it was. Okay? Now, I saw that it was uh, pure gold. The workmanship was exceeding fine. I saw the blade there was precious steel. Now, listen to this interplay here. Because I, I think this, this is so powerful. And, and I need you to get this because this is the battle that we face in our lives. This, th- there's a wonderful parallel here. He says, And it came to pass that I was constrained, meaning, Kind of pushed. You ever feel constrained to do something? Mm -hmm. You don't want to do it? Yeah, or or you want to do something and you're being held back. Yeah. I was constrained by the Spirit that I should kill Laban. Okay, boom. There's there's the prompting. Kill Laban. Now, look at the next part. Because that's all the Spirit is saying to him at this moment. Kill Laban. Now, his response is, But I said, where? In my heart. So the Spirit is saying, kill Laban. And now you're going to hear Nephi's response to this. Uh, No. Uh, I have never killed any men in my life. I said in my heart, Never at any time have I shed the blood of a man. So here's Nephi's response. And his response then physically, he gets the prompting. His response is, I don't think I can do that. And his response is to what? Shrink. Now, tell me that each one of us haven't had our shrinking moments. Tell me that you haven't had the moment when the Spirit... Tells you to do something. And you say in your heart. I can't. I've never. I don't know how. It's, I'm not the right person. Uh, I'm not talented enough. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. And then what do we do? Shrink. And I love that. And so do you get the sense. That, why would you use the word shrink or shrunk? You get this, mm, mm, and we, we we pull back, we become smaller, we shrink. Now, there's my question, what do you do at shrunk moments?
1: <laughs>
0: How do you handle your shrunk moments? I don't know I have
1: moment,
0: but when to like Yeah, because some, if, if this Yes, because the Spirit sometimes then will not leave us alone. Right? Especially if this is really kind of important. So you get this, You get this. here comes the prompting, our response, no, I've never done that. And then we shrink, we pull back, sorry Bishop, I'm not capable. I mentioned that to a, to a lady this week. It's one of those little questions that I have uh, in my office with somebody that... Uh, has some kind of anxiety and they remember the church, I have my little uh, defining moments, which is, so how do you do with talks in church, talks in sacrament meeting? And, and one lady this week is like, no, 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 no. no I mean, I I don't talk. I don't talk. Okay? You think of any other shrink moments we might have? Calling.
1: Calling. Being, being
0: to to go on a mission absolutely yeah I think even sometimes it's as simple as you're sitting there in in church and the spirit says go bear your testimony no we've just had 20 kids in a row and they're all you know I love my mommy and daddy and stuff and you're going no the spirit has said go go bear your testimony invite a friend
1: over for the missionaries
0: yeah or bring a church up Yeah, that would be a shrink I don't nah I can't you're right we have those moments.
2: Yeah. Okay? We not only do we shrink, but we often try and find somebody else so we can tell them
0: of our moment and they can say, Yeah, you can know, Oh, I, it's
1: okay. Say, yeah, 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 yeah. No yeah. big
0: deal. <laughs> I wouldn't have spoken second. No, moment. no, no, no. You can't do that. Okay. Absolutely. Okay, so we shrink that I might not say, and then the Spirit says unto him, Again, because like you said, it comes back onto us. Uh... And I said in my... Let's say, uh, the Spirit says, Behold, I have delivered him into your hands. So, all the Spirit has done so far is, Kill Laban, and I've delivered him. Now, we get this internal dialogue from Nephi. That I, this is just so... That's why I think this is us. This is us going through this thing. Because how's Nephi going to do this? Uh, yay. Now, here's some things that I do know. I, knew, I know that he sought to take away mine own life. So he has tried to kill me. Uh, he would not hearken unto the commandments of the Lord. Strike two. And he's also taken away our property. So he's robbed us of our stuff. He's a wicked man. And he's tried to murder me. But is that a death penalty? And is that a death penalty to cut off the head... Of, a, of an unconscious man?
1: Under the law of Moses?
0: Uh, how about under the law of Moses?
1: Yeah. I think he's
0: So now he's having to go back on what do I know? And there are some provisions here. But the Lord is going to add that by one more, right? So here, let's up the ending. Then it came to pass, the Spirit... By the way, I've got us, I've got Him in... The Spirit in purple and his word in blue. Except I didn't do it on his word. the Spirit said unto me, Slay him, for the Lord hath delivered in thy hands. He repeats it. Uh, Behold, he's going to give me one more piece of information. The Lord slayeth the wicked to bring forth his righteous. It's better that one man should perish than a nation should dwindle and perish the unbelief. Ah. But I'm still having to do something I really, really, really don't want to do. Now, he's going to do a very important thing, though, at this point. And this, I think, is the... This is what turns it. He's going to do what? I remember. President, you're scratching your head. I
1: just, That verse 14 where it says... Nephi heard these words. To me, if all this was communicated by thoughts
0: previously, yes, I could see where he'd be very hesitant. Are you sure? Am I the right thoughts? Yes. But it says that he heard these words. To me, that means they were audible. And to me, that's yeah, coming from a source that I could believe. And I think that's what he's remembering. Remember, we talked last time about the fact that when when Nephi was trying to make sure he didn't rebel like his. Brothers, remember, he has some kind of revelation with the Lord, who says, You're going to be righteous and you'll end up being a ruler over your, your brothers. Blessed art art thou. It's in two. Um, but he, but he still has to remember those words. Now, this remembering and forgetting I think is the key to us being able to do hard things. To having to push ourselves, and the question is, what do we remember? What do we have to be reminded of? Uh, if we're going to, let me jump over to. Uh, I'm going to take this a little bit out of order, but I need you to. I, I want to tie these two together. Okay, so. Well, in a second, we're going to talk about going back for Ishmael and the girls, but but on their way back, what happens?
1: Oh, they tie Nephi.
0: The, the, there's a rebellion, right? Now listen to what Nephi is trying to do to try and bring to try and get bring the the, the boys back to reality. Uh, eight, I was grieved for the hardest of their hearts. Nine. How is it you have not hearkened to the word of the Lord? And then listen to his dialogue. What? Look what he does. Ten. How is it ye have forgotten that you've seen an angel of the Lord? How is it that ye have forgotten what great things the Lord has done for us? How is it that ye have forgotten that the Lord is able to do all things according to His will? Now, let us stop for a sec. Again, we watch those sometimes that struggle with their testimony. Answer that question. How is it that they have forgotten what they knew? The church is really critically in, interested right now, not just in uh, missionaries, but in return missionaries. Because there are so many that bear great testimonies and serve great missions... And then they're leaving the mission, and what happens? We're losing them. And we go, how have you forgotten? So we're actually starting, they're actually starting a program now to start preparing while they're still on their mission for the after-mission experience. There's a program that's just now in the last few months it just been plugged in. Because we're losing kids after their missions. So how do you forget When you get offended, so what is there about being offended that might cause you to forget what you know? It's because it's, that happens a lot.
1: Right, I get cranky and I start dwelling on the negative and start remembering all the good things God's ah. see all the things that hasn't happened quite like I thought they should. Or...
0: So when we get cranky and angry, does that eclipse the things that we know? Can do, yeah.
1: Yeah. That we've done? It helps me remember and I think um when the spirit speaks to you
2: it's such a feeling that it gets um you can sometimes remember that feeling but like you as you write it down and you can go back to it later, it kinda of helps to you <coughs> feel those
0: feelings. Yeah. Isn't it fascinating that if you think about this though, at those moments when we're feeling the spirit, don't you almost have a sense that says, I would never forget this? Mm-hmm. This has changed me. I am I am so filled with the Spirit. I'm listening to this conference talk. I'm listening to an apostle. I read this thing in the scriptures. I had this experience in the temple. I could never ever forget or lose what I'm feeling right now. And then we do. Then it's forgotten. Yeah. All the own mission there are twenty-four-seven controlled and monitored. Yeah. Mission president, uh, the the uh, communication is
1: intense, and they
0: step And suddenly they don't have all of that stuff. And it's in in that in that experience. And again, I've talked to these guys that, I, I, and then they'll say, "Well, I'm not sure what I believe." Well, you knew it. Well, but now I'm not sure. In other words, my doubts are eclipsing what I know, eclipsing the light. I had had, yeah. It was on two. was just
1: private. But our own thoughts and our own fires and our own whatever. And then we have selective memory.
0: Yeah, we do. And I think that's where where darkness begins to eclipse the light. It begins to cover that up. Yeah. Um, My own daughter is struggling with this. And I can come back from her mission. And she'll call me and she'll go, I don't feel like what I'm doing is enough. And I told her. She's recently married. She's like, that's
2: not Anyway, so I said, when you get up in the morning... Yeah. When you are cleaning that back room When you are going to your classes, you are in the right place. And then, but it's, it's the world. Basically, I think it's our day-to-day lives that they us forget. Like this morning, I was with my son. I was
1: like, "Hello, hello, Olly like, You know what I'm saying? And you think, "Okay, forget it.
0: Forget it. I'm done." Yeah, and, and and listen to the words. Listen to the words. Forget it. Forget it. I'm done. Forget it. In fact, we're almost kind of subliminally telling ourselves. I can't believe the bishop said that. Just forget it. Forget What are we forgetting? We're, we're forgetting what we know. We're forgetting what's been born witness to us. So, yeah. I think one of
1: the things that's challenging, like well, when you have a spiritual experience, like these missionaries, they've had two years or 18 months of a lot of spiritual experiences, and then you come back into the world, and it's like during the wilderness. It's like in the yeah. Yes. But time
0: and it's dark. And, and it's dark. And it doesn't get better than you. And isn't that the moment, by the way? Isn't that the moment that one of the things that causes us to forget what we know is to doubt what we knew. It's the doubt, did I really know that? Did I really believe that? I said it, but was it really true? It's like when when you get a prompting, kill kill Laban. You know, well, no, I've never done it. Okay, I get it. Was that really a prompting, or am I just making this thing up? Because I'm still having to do something I don't want to do. So it's actually sometimes it's it's uh, it's our advantage to say, well, I'm going to forget what I knew because I don't want to do what I have want to be told to do. That's another handle. Okay. All right. So it is this forgetfulness thing that when, when we're going to go back to Nephi, we're back at four here. Uh, behold the Lord, has delivered him into your hands. Uh, he can say, uh, uh, that's... I remembered the Lord's, but the words of the Lord that He spake unto me. Uh, and remember that you're going to keep my commandments and prosper. And I thought, so here's his mental process: that they couldn't keep the commandments except according to the law of Moses. Say they should have the law. Well, that's helpful. Okay. We're going to talk about the fact that the, the, the plates of brass had much more than the law of Moses, though, which then kept the focus on the Savior, not on the law. Um, I think it's interesting. Did you talk before that they probably had scrolls? Yeah. They had the law of these, This law is engraved on plates of brass, so while the scrolls would eventually disintegrate or yeah. destroy. This was meant to stay. Reality. And the fascinating thing, again, and these plates are also written in What? Egyptian. That's why again some scholars have wondered maybe this was Joseph's place. Except for the fact that it had Zedekiah's and Jeremiah's. I mean, so it's it's current stuff on it. But it's in in Egyptian. Uh, Now, look at the pattern here. Again, I just put them in blue. So, I, re, I remembered, then I thought. He analyzed it.
1: Uh,
0: 16, I also knew that the law was engraven. Again, I knew. He understood. Therefore, I did obey. So if there's a pattern here for how we do hard things... It seems to be prompting, shrink, <laughs> prompting, remember, N- draw on what we know, and then obey. Does that make sense? If I'd had more time this weekend, I'd, uh, I'd actually put that together. But uh, prompt, shrink, prompt, no remember, obey. Just, just one little t thing. Yeah.
2: Um, we often will not do something that's difficult for ourselves, but when we're put in mind, I
1: don't know that men, but women will do it for their children.
0: Oh. As, as, as a therapist, I found that little thing of guilt that I can use to my advantage to help people do things, which is uh, well, you know, uh, I, I'm having a hard time like taking my medication or something like that. Okay, how about you do it for your kids? Okay. <laughs> I'm not above using that kind of manipulation there, and guilt. But because you're right, there is an element there that sometimes we, Nephi may not be willing to do it for himself, but I'll wait a minute. These are my, for my kids, for my posterity. Okay, I'll do it for them. Isn't that funny how we'll do that?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Did you on purpose put your highlights in the say, color as forget and shrinking? because I think when we do shrink. yes, I did.
1: I think that's our response. And I shrunk. That,
0: that that's a good way to put it, right? Or worry. The the maybe worry would be a good way to say sh- shrink. Yeah, because that's going to be our response. So so a, 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 if I could button this with anything, it would be this. Nephi shrunk. (laughs) So do we. And he did it anyway. It's alright to do things having shrunk at some point or recoiled from what we were not sure we could do. Yeah?
2: I see parallel with that to what you were talking about earlier about the rich young man and how you think even though he sorrowed, he took that moment to examine himself, to reflect, and then came back. And I think, at least from a, looking from a parent's perspective, I don't want my kids to just always say, okay, all right, no, 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 I mean, that would be nice, but not very real. Um, but if I can see them resist and then take a time to ponder on it yeah. and come back and go, it's hard, but I'm going to dig deep and I'm going to do it. Yeah. That means a whole lot more.
0: Someti- there are those moments when we happily obey, and then there are going to be those moments while we're still learning <clears throat> that we shrink and obey anyway. I think And we it's we better sh- to shrink and obey than not obey. I think we shrink and try to come up with plan B. Oh, we do. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if we're going to shrink, wouldn't it be a nice way to find another way to do it other than me having to do it? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah mm-hmm.
0: Yeah it is. yeah, good point. All right. So so uh, again, we know the rest of this and I'm not going to take time to go through the uh, uh, Zoram story is, is kind of fun. Um, well, let's hop over now to. Oh so here's my question. And, and maybe we've kind of answered this along the way. Uh, I looked at this and I thought, you know what? The Lord could have solved the plate problem any number of ways. And Nephi had faith in the Lord's ability. He'd already had kind of a revelation with him. Nephi prayed for the Lord's intervention. Why would the Lord require this of Nephi? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Like yeah. it, it, it almost comes to Abraham, yeah. So that proving period, again, and I think it is, and Nephi and Abraham are probably good examples, and we've said this numerous times. Did the Lord know who Abraham was in the preexistence? Did he know what he was capable of? Did he know what he was going to do? Did he know what he was going to be accomplishing? Did he know... He knew knew him completely. Then why why test him and why prove him? So So that he would know. Abraham didn't know. And Nephi didn't know. Nephi is shrinking at a very, very hard thing, but it's going right to his core... Challenge that for Nephi he's going to try and keep the commandments.
1: So, I get a little different lesson from this after having thought about this a lot, and it's on judging. Yeah. And the reason the lesson I get from this on judging is um, we are told repeatedly to not judge unrighteous judgment. Yeah. And we see a perfect example. Well, Laban stole their property, yeah, driven
0: out, bad guy, thieves, which right? Is what he actually was. I guess, being the
1: consequence of their unrighteous actions that they actually had not done, but was what right. they did. And so for me, one of the lessons with Laban is, when you judge unrighteously, unrighte- you don't get to choose when God calls in your payment. Because with what judgment you judge is how we're going to be judged.
0: Okay, say, say that one again. That's, that's well done. <laughs> we don't get to choose. We,
1: we don't get to choose when God's going to call in the payment of the judgments we have made. And with what judgments we make on others, we will get the same consequences for those very actions. Because typically, when we are being very judgmental of somebody else, it is actually a flaw within our own soul. Yeah. At least I kind in my own life. Sure. Okay, so, yeah. The Lord adds value
0: of the place to Nephi. When I can say, I thought. To get
2: this, I'm yeah. going to be more inclined to hold on to it. Sure. When so you can say I killed somebody for this, I'm hanging on to these. The Lord basically <clears throat> counted in his brain the value of those plates to him
0: because he got them at such a high cost. A, such a high cost. Yeah, we're going to value the stuff that we have that we have sacrificed the most for, right? Uh, so it is interesting because the Lord very easily could have, there was already a sacrifice in place just to go back to Jerusalem and to be turned down by Laban the Lord really could have had for whatever reason Laban hauling around the, the plates of brass that night with that, and he could have got it without having to kill him but this was a particular test to reach way down into Nephi's soul and, and so here's the scary part of this guys and that is if the Lord is going to test and try Nephi so that Nephi would learn about himself how will he test you What part of you is he going to reach down and touch and challenge and push? You're going to keep the commandments in the garden? Yes. Every single one of them I will. Okay. How about eat that fruit? No, I'm not going to do that. Okay, now I have to choose between keeping the commandments and staying with my wife who ate the fruit. I'm going to have to make a decision. I think we have those moments where we've got to reach down and really make a decision. Yeah.
1: When I hit the for sword, it took us back to David Goliath.
0: Oh, yeah. There's a nice little link, huh? So would
1: Nephi would, would, uh, know that story?
0: Oh, sure. Sure. So he
1: did exactly what David but because did. Because he, he chopped off July,
0: Goliath's head. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Good point. Good point. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he had a chance to bring Zoram as well. So he actually did a little missionary work uh, while he was out there. Great point, okay? Uh, And by the way, I was also bringing some of the blood of Judah with them on the the trip. Discussion for another time. Okay. Okay, so our question for today then is how do you react when you're constrained by the Spirit in your own life? I'm not, I'm not gonna ask for a discussion on this. I just it's one of those internal questions. When you are constrained by the spirit and you find yourself shrinking, how do you respond? Do you remember? Do you analyze it? Then do you remember and not forget what you know? Right. All right. Now. So now they're going to get back, uh, and and they're gonna they're gonna show up back in, in camp. They've got the brass plates. They survived. They've been through a lot. Uh, and I'm gonna talk about uh, uh reaction in just a moment. But they're gonna get back, and then and then Lehi again is going to offer up sacrifice, and then he's gonna study the brass plates. Now, I don't know if we actually realize everything that was on the brass plates and what role the brass plates play in everything else that we do. Okay? So let me, let me just... I went back through the, the scriptures and I found all these great little references to the brass plates and how important they are overall. Uh,
1: that
0: when they discovered the Mulekites. Remember, uh, Mulek was one of the sons of Zedekiah. And they're there in Zarahemla. What does it tell us? They had had many wars and serious contentions and had fallen by the sword from time to time and their language had become corrupted. And they had brought no records with them and they denied the being of their creator. And Mosiah nor the people of Mosiah could understand them. Remember last week when we were talking about those that that are leaving the church, large sample, and that 80% of those that are struggling with the church and have left the church, a full 80% are either atheists or agnostic. In other words, they're often not leaving the church, they're leaving God. And it comes back to Nephi and talking about Laman and Lemuel. They knew not, they were rebelling because they knew not the dealings of that God who had created them. Why
1: do they leave God?
0: They become so disillusioned, as I talk to them, they become so disillusioned by and feeling betrayed by the church or by new information. And, and so often it's not understanding how God works. In other words, uh, I can't believe... If it turns out that the Book of Mormon really did take place in Mesoamerica, it didn't take place in upstate New York, and I know there's some in the church who would disagree with that, but they're saying, if that really is the case, how come Joseph Smith was running around telling everybody that it was in Ohio, and it was in New He didn't know. So the understanding is God, a prophet should know these things. A prophet would understand these things. And what they don't understand is how a prophet has to learn and grow in their own knowledge and understanding. They don't get the entire gospel breadth of stuff dropped on them in one load. They have to learn and grow themselves. But when they run into stuff like that, well, a prophet wouldn't, prophet wouldn't know about the priesthood ban. Wouldn't know about the struggling with the, the, the priesthood that, uh, for hundreds of years. A prophet should have known what was going on. Uh, so I'm not sure I can believe in prophets or God if, because I expect prophets to think a certain way or do a certain thing or should know certain things. They don't know how God works with prophets. Well, if you feel betrayed by God,
1: doesn't that like, logically say that must mean there is one?
0: You well, you? I, think, you know, I think I was betrayed by people who believed in God okay. and if they're that wrong, then I can't believe in a God who would... So I'll just throw the whole thing out. So I'm not going to believe in organized religion at all. I'll just be agnostic. I just don't believe God would do anything. And by the way, and so now I can throw away Jesus and his miracles. I can throw away all the magical stuff that's a little embarrassing anyway. And, and, and so it makes sense. It makes perfect sense to me that the Mulekites uh, would get there. They would be surrounded uh, probably by tribes of uh, Maya uh, down in that area and they have their own beliefs about things and so it would be easier to just start throwing away your belief and they would forget what they knew they would forget what they knew except for the fact that they knew they still knew the law of Moses cuz we're going to find that there's some deuteronomists that creep in but that's a story for another time okay but they they denied the being of their creator so the so part of what the plates did was is that they taught the nephites what who God, is. who God is and how God works. works First Nephi 13 uh, when, when Nephi is having his vision he says I beheld a book and it was carried among them and the angel said "Knowest the meaning of the book I said I know not he says it proceedeth forth from the mouth of a Jew it was the Bible I Nephi beheld it and he said unto me the book which thou beholdest is the record of the Jews. It contains the covenants of the Lord which he has made unto the house of Israel. Uh, and it containeth many of the prophecies of the holy prophets. And then listen to this one. And it is a record like unto the engravings which are upon the plates of brass. The Bible is just like. In so many ways, the plates of brass, except for what? Say there are not so many. In other words, the plates of brass contain much more than what we have in the Bible. And by the way, we know that. What else do we know for sure was not in the Bible, but were in the brass plates? Yeah, and that would include Jacob 5 and the allegory of the vineyard and all of those kind of things. Zanuck and Zenus and, and all of those guys.
1: Joseph's
0: prophecies and Moses. Hold on to that one, we're about to go there. Good, okay. good job. <laughs> um, in other words, there is so much more from the prophets that was contained in the brass plates that never made it to the Bible. That's what he's, That's basically what he's saying. By the way, how come they didn't make it into the Bible? Because Nephi took them. <laughs> in, some, in some cases, this may have been the only place that they were recorded in the brass plates, and, and they went to the promised land rather than stay. Okay? Now, by the way, there are other documents out there that we're finding. They're wonderful stuff. Out there. Uh, the book of 1 Enoch is an example of things outside the Bible that are containing marvelous information about some of the things, for instance, that the Deuteronomists were doing when they made the, the change in 600 BC. Uh, great information not contained in the Bible. Uh, therefore, they are of great worth unto the Gentiles. Okay, let me give you another one. Here's what else was in the plates of brass. And the prophecies which Joseph sold into Egypt, wrote, and there are not many greater. Remember all those prophecies of Joseph? Remember remember when we searched through the book of Joseph? Remember that? Okay, we haven't got it. But do you realize that in the book of Joseph, which were apparently on the brass plates... He prophesied concerning who? Us. being the Nephites. And also probably us. And our future generations. And they are written on the plates of brass. Wow. So part of what we know is it contained the book of Joseph. And his writings. One last one. On the plates of brass. This is actually in Alma 37 when I was preaching. Behold, it's been prophesied by our fathers that they, the brass plates, should be kept and handed down from one generation to another, be kept and preserved by the hand of the Lord until they should go forth unto every nation, kindred, tongue, and people and that they shall know of the mysteries contained therein. Now, is that being partially uh, fulfilled now? By way of the Book of Mormon. The Book of Mormon has parts of the brass plates, like Jacob 5 and the parable of the vineyard and those kind of things. So it's partially being there. But he's talking about a more extensive. There will be a moment when all of the great things that are on the plates of brass will go to the entire world. And they shall know of the mysteries contained thereof. And now remember, my son, that God has entrusted you with these things, these plates, which are sacred, which he kept sacred, and also which he will keep and preserve for a wise purpose, that he may show his power to future generations, and he will fulfill all his promise that he's made unto you, for he fulfills his promise unto the Father. Now behold, one purpose hath he fulfilled unto the restoration of many of the thousands of the Lamanites, the anti nephi And He has shown power in them. And He will show power in future generations that they may be preserved. So part of what the brass plates will one day be to the world is more information that God makes covenants and He fulfills them. And He has made covenants to Israel and He will fulfill them. They will be brought home that He doesn't forget His suckling children. It's about covenants, yeah.
1: I think I know another reason that they needed the brass plates. If Babylon had taken over Jerusalem, they would have taken the plates and they would have been destroyed, most likely.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you heard that. That One of the reasons that the brass plates had to go with Lehi and his family is that we were within probably two or three years of the max of Nebuchadnezzar coming in and burning the the... the the city down, hauling everybody off in exile, and anything like the gold of, of the temple or anything like that, they were burning down and melting to use for other things. So you're right, the plates of brass wouldn't have survived the the siege and the conquering of Nebuchadnezzar. Great point. Okay. Alright. Had to be done. Alright, does, does that make sense? So, so we get this sense that really the brass plate... So, so sometimes we talk about, maybe if we'll just read the Book of Mormon, we're going to get what? The, the sealed portion. Remember that two-thirds? We're really anxious to get the sealed portion of the Book of Mormon. Won't that be awesome? Yes, it will. We're looking forward to that. But, he, but in much greater volume will probably be the plates of brass. All the stuff that's contained in there—the Book of Joseph and, and all that—that that, wow! How, how incredible will that be? What a thing to look forward to! Millennium's going to be a blast. <laughs> it's just getting to the millennium that's the hard part. You got to go through the you know the tribulation and the second coming, and that's that's rough. But the the millennium will be awesome. Yeah. He would like to know where
1: to place
0: the That is really a good question. When. Um, Oliver Cowdery great great point, point you did it well Oliver Cowdery uh, had, a, had a vision of the plates all the plates of all the Nephites all together in one place and that he also saw the plates of brass along with that along with the sword of Laban and all that now there's been some recent <clears throat> bogus reports of of a cave they finally found Joseph's cave and it's and it's where the plates were and they've been taken to. I'm just amazed by the stuff that we get sucked into. But <laughs> they were all they're all together somewhere and the answer is we don't know. We have no idea where those but they are somewhere. And they are with the with the plates that were recorded over time that Mormon used to abridge everything that he did when he created the gold plate. All right. Ah, okay. Let's go to... Yeah, we're yeah. To go. yeah. Okay. Can I, I re- am. Can I
2: revisit uh, about the... Uh, uh, of them not uh, not knowing the dealings of that god that created them yeah and they're apostatizing and, and all that um, i i realized i was sitting here thinking you know it just takes a generation or two for people
0: to, to forget to forget mm-hmm. and i was
2: remembering in for King Benjamin remember all the terrible wars that they went through all the terrible fighting for years and years, and at the end of that fighting, he, along with the priests, went to help the people remember the Lord Lord. and to reclaim them because of all the terrible things that they did.
0: To that God that they have forgotten. Yeah, back to God that they've forgotten. good point. Good point. And we're trying to retain in our memory. That's why President Kimball said repeatedly the most important word in all the scriptures is probably remember. We're trying to remember. We're trying to retain in our memories what it is that we know. Okay. Well, let me let me finish with uh, this today because I want to talk about particular challenges. So we have uh, uh, let's see, I do I'm going to do this. this um uh, work backwards. So after they get back, now we know that uh, we always kind of laugh about this, that uh, the, the Lord says, Okay, I've got one more journey to go back to Jerusalem, and that's to get who? wives yeah Ishmael and the, and the girls and, and, and it was like gee, they didn't seem to be kicking up too much about that one. Oh yeah yeah we remember Ishmael's family we're out of here. <laughs> okay so off they go uh, and they commanded they should return again land they bring down Ishmael and his family into the wilderness. okay, that's awesome. okay Now a couple of things that that we found out about from Erastus to snow, about what was in the 116 pages that we lost? Remember, we bought, we lost the Book of Lehi to uh, uh, Lucy Harris, and they're probably burning those 116 pages. Um, and it came to pass that the Lord commanded that I need find brethren should return and bring down Ishmael and his family into the wilderness. Now, here's what here's what Erastus Snow explained in 1882. The prophet Joseph informed us that the record of Lehi was contained on 116 pages that were first translated, subsequently stolen, and of which an abridgment was given us in the first book of Nephi, which was the record of Nephi individually. He himself being of the lineage of Manasseh, Joseph through to Manasseh, but Ishmael. That they went to get was of the lineage of who, Ephraim. Ephraim, and listen closely, and that his sons married into Lehi's family. We laugh about Laman and Lemuel marrying the daughters of Ishmael. You miss, we miss this one. Ishmael's sons married who? Lehi's daughters. Lehi's daughters. Okay, Lehi's daughters that we don't always really talk much about. Okay, that is to say, it appears that Ishmael's sons were already married to Le- into Lehi's family because they married daughters. Okay, so now, let me hop back up here. So are you
1: saying that the, the sons were already married? So
0: yes, yes. I hang on to that idea. Okay. And it came to pass, now we're back in verse 5, chapter 5. It came to pass that after we would come down into the wilderness under our Father, this is when they come back the first time with the brass plates, he was filled with joy. And also my mother, Sariah, was exceedingly glad, for she had truly mourned of us, for she had supposed that we had perished in the wilderness. And she had complained about my, my Father, and he was a visionary man, saying, Thou hast led us from the land of our inheritance, and my sons are no more, and we perish in the wilderness. And after this manner, and my mother complained against my father. And then I put a little note in there. Remember? Lot's wife. Why was it so hard for Lot's wife to leave Sodom and Gomorrah? Was it all of the her her favorite stores and restaurants? It was who? Her children, and get ready, and her
1: and grandchildren.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna to have to walk out of a city that's about to be destroyed and leave behind my kids.
2: Wouldn't there be some covenants in place
0: there? One would think but they'd married um, they'd married non-members. So, uh, but they were still my kids and grandkids, and I still hope, even though they've married non-members, that one day they're going to come back into the, the fold. It's hard to watch my grandkids being taught outside the church, and some of you would understand exactly what I'm talking about.
2: Well, don't we believe that the covenants we've made in the temple apply to our grandchildren and
1: great-grandchildren? Yeah,
0: but try and explain that to somebody whose kids have married non-members and are raising their kids outside the church. That is just... Well, it's okay in the, in, you know, the spirit world, you'll get them back, and they'll learn. It. Yeah, but I'm watching them leave the church in this life. That's wouldn't, killing me. Wouldn't
2: that be what was making it so hard?
0: Oh, absolutely. Wait a so, we so, have so,
1: here.
0: so, before we be really hard on Lot's wife for turning around and turning back and wanting to go back into Sodom and Gomorrah, remember who she's leaving behind. Family. I, I got to go get my kids.
2: Yeah. And how the have children started questioning the church and the church doctrine and the children Sure. And you know, I I thought a lot about
0: that because you know, the children it affected their parents and they brought great point. Because it can do that sometimes, can it? Is is that we're trying to? I watch, for instance, some wives are questioning the church because their husbands have left the church, and I' are thinking, well, maybe if I just, maybe it's not true, and it would actually make it easier if I went with him. Okay. Well, I just think it's a tougher thing when it starts involving our kids and grandkids. Okay. So now, now let's come back. So, what is that telling us about Saraya? Because we get on her say. Well, even Soraya complained. And even Lehi can play. Yes. This is hers. You, this
2: was her trial of fire.
1: Yeah.
0: Isn't it interesting that it's all—it's almost like the Lord knows what He's doing. <laughs> <laughs> that He almost tailor makes experiences that we have. Or that life and mortality has a way of carving us right to the right to our core, our particular thing. And then, do we still remember, or do we forget? And I think this was—I think this was—Sariah's challenge, because the, uh, Lehi is saying we have to leave Jerusalem. I'm so, I've seen a vision; Jerusalem is going to be destroyed. I have to take the family and flee into the wilderness. Can't you see Sariah on the other side going, "But we don't have our whole family." We're taking our sons, but we're leaving. We're leaving my daughters and their kids behind.
1: And I must say this: I think women, especially in their childbearing years, having to go camping really suck. Yeah, that would be bad too. Yeah. By the way, I don't want to be in a tent out there. Then it actually would be on she was having babies still. Yeah, she was in the wilderness
0: with no support, no help, and nowhere to go. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a hard, be a hard life, but it's even harder if you've left half your family behind. So I just think it's fascinating that they will, and and by the way, they actually went all the way back to Jerusalem and they got the plates and they left again with still without still getting the daughters. No. Oh, we're just supposed to go get the plates. See, couldn't they have done it all efficiently together? Go get the plates and the daughters.
2: Well, they're male. They had a compartment. You think you
0: think that's what it was? Or male? <laughs> It could have, you're right, it could have been.
2: See, we wouldn't want to put that in yeah, So Zariah
0: would be going, you know Lehi. <laughs> while we're there. And while they were there, they could have done that. They could have gone, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good point.
1: Well, they had to leave, they escape. Yeah. yeah.
0: Do you know what, though? This is actually more, this would actually be more dangerous the second mm-hmm. time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Laban's been found dead. Zoram's missing. Plates are missing. Who was it? We don't know. But remember those Lehi family had been here wanting that all that stuff earlier. I think there's an APB out on these guys.
1: <laughs> I understand Did you say
0: sons were already married? Yes. To Lehi. Ishmael's sons. Ishmael's sons were already married to Lehi's daughters. He
2: basically gives a quote on... Daughters of Lehi and the sons. It had been the common among the desert people for a man to marry the daughter of his paternal uncle. It's hard to avoid the impression that Lehi and Ishmael had to have been related. Yeah. He didn't just pop out of nowhere.
0: Right? No. He and and, they and, were going and that's why they were specifically went after Ishmael because they were bringing the rest of their family with them.
1: And don't forget, he had an extra daughter
0: And there was one left over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okay, well, well let, me just, let me just kind of pull all this together. I believe, um, because ultimately for, for Soraya, I think she had her shrinking moment when she had to leave with Lehi and leave family behind. And she's having to trust that he's a visionary man, and when she thinks, I left, I left my daughters behind, and now I'm leaving my sons, and I think that was her struggling moment, and I think she was just beside herself while they were gone. And then to come back, and then and then at this moment she says, Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath commanded my husband to flee into the wilderness. And then I want and then I picture this is part of the millennial movies I want to watch. That moment when Lehi goes and says, I'm sending the boys back again, they're gonna go get Ishmael and his family. That comes after she has kind of gone through this kind of trial by fire. Now go get my go get my daughters. Do you know that's a good question? Did they invite them before they left? Who knows? That's a, that's a I considered that, but I do know there had to be relief in the camp when they know that everybody they're going to go get the family, and then when finally now they're going to all be reunited, and now we can go get the promised land together. And now we're going to move forward. Brothers and sisters, I think part of what happens with all of this is you just get this sense of so many untold stories that make these guys very, very human. But at the end of the day, you'll notice that they each will have their shrinking moments. And some will pass that test and some won't. And I think the message for us is what happens when we have our shrinking moments? What happens when we're being drilled down and asked to do something way beyond us. And then we have to. And then the Lord says, I, I will sustain you in what you do. I pray that we can do that. And that we can learn from their experience. And I leave that with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And then, ne- now next week, now on to uh, the uh, First Nephi 8 and the Tree of Life vision. So kind of go back and and just kind of study the heck out of that thing. We're going to have a lot of fun.